Hello and welcome to Plug Your Ride, the show about Tesla. Tesla cars, Tesla news, Tesla stories, Tesla tips. I'm Eddie Haskell. This is episode number 61. Well, it happened yesterday. I was headed to my uh, favorite Mexican restaurant, Little Anita's, to get me some huevos rancheros. And I got a text and I looked down and, uh, you know, I was, I was going around like a long, slow curve. There, there's uh, a, a, an off-ramp onto a um, street and it, you know, there's a stoplight there, but it was, the light was green. So, so basically I'm just kind of taking a nice long, slow arc. So I'm looking down at the phone and I glance up, actually before I glance up, the car beeps at me and it jerked the steering wheel. Now, I've, I've read about this on social media, and I've been the guy who's like, no, if you don't have autopilot, it's not going to automatically pilot the car. Well, it will. <laughs> I stand corrected, my friend. The angle I was going, I guess the car saw you know, the, the median and the curb in front of me. And didn't really calculate that at the angle I was going, I wasn't going to hit it uh, because it was straight in front of me. But I was curving gently, you know, to, to, to merge onto the road. And it scared me because it jerked the wheel. It took control of the car. And I didn't think it would do that. I knew I had automatic emergency braking. Everybody does. But... I didn't know we had automatic emergency steering. So argue with me if you want to be the guy I was 36 hours ago, which was, no, it doesn't do that. Yeah, it does. Uh, And it's weird because you have to fight pretty hard to take over once it starts doing that. Because what it was doing is actually kind of jerking me to the right uh, when my current trajectory with the curve would have straightened me out onto the other road. So it, it, it almost jerked me into the lane next to me. So that's crazy. I love it. I love that it's keeping out for me, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, when I'm stupid and checking my text messages, which I shouldn't be doing, I should put do not disturb while driving on uh, as Everyone should, but yeah, we don't. Uh, did you see the Q&A session with Elon Musk yesterday from South by Southwest? Yesterday being Sunday, I'm sorry, you could be listening to this in three months. But South by Southwest, they had a Q&A session uh, with, with Elon Musk that sold out. If you looked on uh, all of the South by Southwest social media stuff, uh, I think they had maybe 4,000-ish, I want to say like 3,800 tickets. And you should have seen the line out the building and around it of people waiting to get tickets and it did sell out and uh, I liked it it was it was not a, a true Q&A session where you know they passed a microphone around uh, the venue they submitted the questions and uh, so it was more moderated which I liked it, it felt more like uh, kind of an interview than you know your typical Q&A with the public some interesting things first of all I have such 
a brain crush on on Elon Musk. I, I mean, the guy is amazing. Uh, some of the things he talked about. This one really perked my ears up. He says the danger of artificial intelligence is much greater than nuclear warheads. Think about that for a second. Uh, He's got a point. There's so much you can do to manipulate with AI, and there's no government regulation of it at the point. And he even said, you know, I'm not for more government regulation, but can you imagine a world where there was no regulation on building nuclear weapons? So we can build AI to do things much, much, much more dangerous than nuclear war, which is a little scary, but it is true. One of the examples he used, I love it, is um, if you told AI to make everyone happy, it would grab everyone and inject dopamine into them until they were happy. So... Yeah, I guess so, because AI can be so literal. So I I, I thought that was really, um, uh, really interesting. He talked about uh, colonizing Mars um, and kind of a fatalistic approach, but realistic, I guess. I I guess that's the thing with Elon is he's a realist, if nothing else, is that in the last 100 years, we've had two world wars. That's if you don't count the Cold War. And there's no reason to believe that there won't be a World War III sooner than later. And this one could be nuclear and just, you know, nuclear dust, radioactive dust in its path. And it would be nice to have some humans uh, sequestered on Mars so that they could repopulate interesting i guess uh but um at least a little look inside his head on on why he thinks mars is is so important some interesting um comments about ai and you know everyone always looks for cues from elon when you know he gives timetables and things like that but uh, somebody did uh he did uh comment at the beginning you know, my, my I've been criticized for my timetables, like, like he doesn't know that he's never made a deadline ever. But he says that by the end of next year, and then he goes on to clarify even more. So within 18 months or so, he believes self-driving will encompass all modes of driving. So I don't know what he means specifically by that, but his quote was, by the end of next year, self-driving will encompass all modes of driving, and it will be 100 to 200% safer than a person driving. I wholeheartedly agree with that. When I had autopilot, um, I did the 30-day trial, and because I leased I, I actually figured over 36 months, that $3,000, I'm paying 100 bucks a month for, um, I can't even say self-driving, for Autopilot 1. And I just, I, I just couldn't justify it in my head. Now I'm mad that I didn't get it because 
I loved it. But what I found is in um, stop-and-go driving, Denver has absolutely the worst traffic in the world. And I know if you're listening uh, in Atlanta or Seattle or L.A., you're yelling at uh, your your device right now going, oh, right, but traffic here is horrible. And it, it's really a lot of stop and go uh, on Interstate 25. And what I found is that is where autopilot really shines. It's not in, you know, saying, take me to Albuquerque and uh, heading south and never looking up or touching the steering wheel. Uh, That's not hard to do. You know, you just follow the lines and try not to hit anybody. But... I mean, I, I, I don't hear of a lot of people rear-ending each other at, at 70 miles an hour. But without fail, every single commute in Denver, there's somebody that's rear-ended the guy in front of him because the stop-and-go traffic is so hard to, to pay attention to because you get frustrated because you're on a, a highway with a 70-mile-an-hour speed limit and you're not moving. So then when you start moving, you're like, finally, ah! And then, you know, somebody stops in front of you. So I think the psychology of stop and go on a fast highway causes these rear end accidents because you're just you're the, the second, you know, the, the, the traffic light turns green, you gun it. And then, of course, it turns red again and you're rear ending somebody. So um, I found it fantastic for that. It locks onto the car in front of you and. When they slow down, you slow down at the exact same rate that they slow down. So you don't have that human reaction time, which is what causes all these accidents is you see the brake lights and then you freak out and you slam on your brakes and then the car behind you hits you, you know, so I think it's great. And so I totally agree with Elon. It is 200% safer than humans who are texting, if you'll go back about five minutes to when the car took over for me. Um, he, he quoted an NHTSA study on autopilot version one that said 45, there, there, there was a 45% reduction in highway accidents on vehicles operating with autopilot one, and, which he called fairly primitive and with autopilot 2 he says it will be 2 to 3 times better than autopilot 1 which 45 times 2 is 90 that's a 90% reduction in highway accidents you would think so yes elon that's 100% safer than uh, people um here's my question when is autopilot 2 going to be two to three times better than the original autopilot. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Well, I promised an update on the Geneva Motor Show, and uh, it didn't disappoint. A lot of EV information coming out of Geneva this week. Um, Pretty interesting. We had the Jaguar I-Pace, which was the one we talked about a little bit last week, and everyone says it matches up almost spec for spec to the entry-level Model X. Now, that's wrong. Um, As I suspected, Jaguar throws a lot of what would be 
standard equipment on a Model X into options. Even the delivery uh, destination and handling charges they don't include, and Tesla does. So there are a lot of those things, and it drives me nuts. I mean, I don't want to get all Donald Trump fake, fake news on you here, but what qualifies as good journalism these days is so and I don't want to use the Donald Trump word, sad, but it really is. I just saw a story uh, that, that pretty much said why Jaguar was going to win was it was $10,000 cheaper than the base model of the Model X. And that's not true. And I did the math for you. Um, I, I mentioned last week that I that I thought that by the time you got it optioned up to be a base Model X, you were going to be close. I didn't realize how close. So here's what I did. We looked at a 75D uh, Model X against the Jaguar, the, the baseline I-Pace. Now, that's 90 kilowatts, so it would make more sense to compare it to a 100D, but the mileage estimates are almost identical. The EPA-rated range of a 75D is 237. The manufacturer's estimate on the JAG, because they don't have EPA numbers yet, is 240. So... You're talking about a 15-kilowatt bigger battery and three miles range difference. So I think apples to apples, we've got to compare a 75D with the Jaguar 90 because the range is the same. So let's start. 75D shows a cash price with no options at 79500 The I-PACE shows exactly 69,500, 10 grand lower. Think that's a coincidence? I'm guessing probably not. Now, let's start optioning up so we've got a fair comparison. The 75D has GPS controlled smart suspension. I don't even can't find that on the Jag, but it used to be a $1,200, I think, uh, or 3000 I can't remember what it was, but it used to be a fairly expensive option. Anyway, we're going to forget about that because you can't even pay to get it on the Jag, so we'll throw it out. Let's start with the 995 destination fee. That's not included in the Jag. The $1,200 destination fee is included in the 795 on the Tesla. Uh, the power lift gate is an additional charge that requires a premium package. So add to that. That's That now makes it the Jaguar uh, SE, which is more expensive. Uh, let's see. We've got heated seats, towing package. Automatic emergency braking is standard equipment on every Tesla. It is a $1,300 option on the Jag. It's part of a safety package, but most of those other things come in the safety package. The only thing you don't get on a Tesla that you get on the Jag is a 360 camera, which is cool, and it would be nice to have, but that's part of that package. Uh, The folding heated mirrors are an extra cost option that come with the SE. Uh, LED fog lights 
is a $100 option on the Jag. It comes free on the Tesla. Um, the ambient lighting, which is part of the standard equipment of the Tesla, is a $250 option on the Jag. Now, for... Um, well, supercharging, you get uh, 400 kilowatt hours free. If you have a referral, you get unlimited free. There is no supercharger network for the Jag, so never mind. Uh, warranty, uh, the, the Tesla gets you an eight-year infinite warranty on the battery and the motors. It's an eight-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the Jag. So eight years, hundred K is maybe is that twelve? Yeah, about about twelve thousand a year. So typical twelve thousand a year driving. If you're uh, a Tesla driver, you typically drive more, as I'm learning from the bank loan I'm going to have to take out for the uh, additional mileage when I turn my lease in. But a hundred thousand uh, is okay. But it, it, you know, eight years you you could be at one fifty or two hundred, and and Tesla will cover it. So anyway, the grand total of equally equipped Model X versus the Jaguar I Pace Model X seventy nine. 500 Jaguar 78495 $1005 cheaper. So that was a lot of work, but I knew I was right. I because that's the thing I always hated when I was driving normal cars is you know you go get a Jeep Grand Cherokee and the the newspaper ad would say it was 28 grand and the cheapest one on the lot was 47 and uh if you wanted Air conditioning, it was 40, you know, 52. So anyway, that's what's going on. So uh, not to mention, as I mentioned last week, I had a Jag and I hated the build quality. And I got a post on Facebook from Ray in Dallas who said, only problem is it's a cheap POS on the inside, I assume, just like the F-Pace is. The interior features of the F-Pace couldn't keep up with anything else I test drove at the time, 2016, like Volvo, Mercedes, BMW, or Tesla. I have to assume the I-Pace will be just as dismal if not worse. Now, I talked to Ray when they, they passed through Denver, and, and she did a lot of shopping before they ended up getting, I think she bought a uh, Model X, and uh, her husband had uh, just purchased a Model S. But she had gone through all those luxury brands, uh, the Volvo, the Mercedes, the BMW, and um, as much as people complain about the fit and finish of uh, the Model X and Tesla in general, uh, she said that the the Jag was just hideous. So there's that. So thank you, Ray, uh, because that was my experience in my um, uh, model, whatever that was that I had. X-Type, the X-Type, back when they were doing the types. So anyway, forget about the um, $10,000 price difference. It's a $1,000 dollar price difference pretty much anyway that is coming soon orders are open now on the jaguar uh website and deliveries are scheduled for the second half of the year so it's a real car and that's cool um others there was a porsche 
really cool electric concept that is part Panamera, part crossover. It's called the Mission E Cross Turismo. Uh, Porsche has been talking for quite a while uh, about adding electric and hybrid vehicles to the fleet uh, beyond the Mission E, uh, which looks like it's going to be the biggest Model S Challenger in the next year, I guess. Uh, but anyway, uh, the concept of the um, Cross Turismo was was pretty cool. Uh, they also talked about a uh, new hybrid 911 that would be the company's most powerful 911 ever, which is good uh, because uh, you remember on Top Gear, uh, the 911R got smoked by a Model S uh, P100D last year. So um, Porsche is, is definitely uh, going to uh, do something uh, electric, and, and it will be Porsche style. Um, Audi uh, teased their final version of the e-tron Quattro in Geneva. It wasn't on the show floor. They had a prototype in black, white, and neon orange camouflage driving through the streets of Geneva. Uh, it is supposed to be coming to Europe by the end of this year and into the U.S. in 2019. Uh, it stats uh, north of 200-mile range, fast charging, and uh, there are supposed to be some other e-tron models coming out, too. BMW this week announced that an i4 sedan is coming, and uh, Mercedes had been rumored to be unveiling an all-electric SUV at the show, and they didn't, but they did release a few photos of their new EQC uh, just to kind of stay on the radar and relevant. Uh, for lower end, Hyundai premiered its new Kona Electric, and uh, we don't have pricing on it, but we kind of have to assume that it's going to be in the uh, Chevy Bolt Model 3 range. Uh, they also are uh, looking at something closer to the I-Pace, a long-range model, 292 miles, uh, filling out their uh, EV market. And uh, Renault Zoe, 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 uh, the best-selling EV in Europe, got a big uh, motor upgrade and maintained its 180-plus mile range. So that's kind of what happened in uh, Geneva. There were hybrids. Bentley showed off a hybrid. Uh, Volvo had a hybrid. And Polestar, which was a Volvo sub-brand, um, has the Polestar 1 hybrid coupe. And so a lot going on and uh, a lot of EVs, but... Uh, Honestly, I didn't see anything that uh, would would make me want to jump ship. Well, Tesla is increasing the cost of its superchargers, but they say it still will never be a profit center. Uh, about a year ago, uh, they unveiled their paid supercharging plans, uh, mainly for the Model 3. Yeah, and if you're buying a Model S or a Model X, you should use a referral code and get your free supercharging for life. By the way, I have one. Um, but we all worry that, you know, with all the Model 3s out there, that it's, it's going to get clogged. So they started charging for access over a certain amount a year ago. Um, so 
if you are a Model 3 buyer or, you know, you didn't um, get a referral code, then you're going to have to pay when you go over that 400 kilowatt hours or whatever. So uh, they have raised the prices and it depends on where you are. All of the supercharger stations charge different prices based on how much electricity costs. Obviously, in California, electricity costs a lot more than it does in Kansas. So here's kind of what we saw. Basically, 20 to 40% increases. But some states saw it double. Oregon went from 12 to 24 cents per kilowatt hour. California went from 20 to 26 kilowatt hours uh, cents per kilowatt hour. And New York went from 19 to 24 cents per kilowatt hour. So it looks like uh, Oregon took the biggest hit uh, with the double up. Uh, Tesla spokesman commented, we occasionally adjust rates to reflect current local electricity and usage. The overriding principle is that supercharging will always remain significantly cheaper than gasoline as we only aim to recover a portion of our costs while setting up a fair system for everyone. This will never be a profit center for Tesla. So if you want to see what the rates are in uh, your state, uh, you can go to PlugYourRide.com, and uh, I've got a link to the map there on the uh, Tesla website. Well, how are your tires holding up? I, I, I don't do a lot of crazy launches, but I do drive pretty aggressively. I mean, when the light turns green, if it's a 40-mile-an-hour uh, speed limit, I'll be at 40 in about 10 feet because... It's there. It's torque, and I like to go fast. So that can be tough on tires, uh, especially the the higher battery models. I mean, I I can't fathom, uh, you know, my little 70 will make me dizzy when I take off. I can't imagine a a 100 uh, or a P100. Well, Goodyear has a new tire aimed at the electric vehicle market. Goodyear says that uh, after testing, traditional tires can wear out up to 30% faster on electric vehicles. At the uh, Geneva Motor Show this week, they unveiled the Efficient Grip Performance with electric drive technology, which they say will reduce the wear from the high torque. Chris Delaney, who is president of Goodyear Europe, Middle East, and Africa, says they're working to bring the technology to market next year. He says, the combination of increasing regulations to reduce emissions, the desire to reduce dependency on fossil fuels, and rapid gains in battery technology is creating an ideal environment for electric vehicles. We're working with automakers to introduce our electric drive technology next year, designed to address the unique performance requirements of this growing vehicle segments uh it looks like a tire uh here are their claims extended mileage from innovative tread design the treads inner uh, the treads thinner stripes uh small channels allow our sipes i learned a new word today the little channels in a tire are called sipes the Tread's thinner sipes allow for a larger rubber contact patch on the road surface than traditional radial grooves. With more rubber on the road, the tire can better cope with the high levels of torque while maintaining high performance in wet conditions. The tread design also prevents sound waves from entering its grooves, reducing interior and exterior tire noise. 
cool. Soon these cars, you won't even be able to hear them. That's all I can hear now is, is tire noise. Also, it has a high load carrying construction and extended driving range. The material properties of the tread compound have been tuned for ultra-low rolling resistance to extend the vehicle range while coping with high levels of torque. In addition, the sidewall has been designed to reduce aerodynamic drag, and the profile yields less rotating mass, resulting in reduced energy consumption. I would like to, uh, I'd like to see a, a real-world study on that and see if you get any actual uh, extended range um, or um, performance. Very interesting. Well... Maybe you've read by now, but uh, Tesla shut down their Model 3 production for a week, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago. Uh, depending on who you read, if it's, um, you know, one of the anti-Tesla sites like Seeking Alpha, it's they can't keep up and they had to shut it down. Uh, but it uh, looks like mainstream media is saying uh, exactly what Tesla's saying, which is, yeah, we needed to do some work on the line they suspended production of the model 3 from february 20th through 24th for planned work to adjust equipment in order to improve automation and increase production rates tesla said the pause was planned it was normal and it's common for increases in output when a company is ramping up a new product Tesla spokesperson said, our Model 3 production plan includes periods of planned downtime in both Fremont and Gigafactory 1. These periods are used to improve automation and systematically address bottlenecks in order to increase production rates. There you go. Uh, The company didn't provide specifics about the upgrade, but it said there could be more periods of downtime in coming months. Well, Model 3 owners got a software update this week and an update on the mobile app that adds a convenience feature. And that's the ability to control the trunk and frunk with the mobile app. In the release notes, it says, need to load packages into your Model S and X or 3 in parentheses. Now you can open the front and rear trunks ahead of time using the Tesla mobile app so that when you walk up to your vehicle, it's ready for you to easily place items inside. A recent update to the Model 3 uh, brought several bug fixes and new features uh, like the ability to view and manage paired keys, simplified windshield wiper controls, and owners now have access to the owner's manual and release notes on the touchscreen like Model S and Model X uh, owners have had for uh, some time now. Well, production on the Model Y may not be far off the um, all-electric crossover vehicle that we've been talking about. Elon Musk had said that uh, they plan to unveil the Model Y plans in the next three to six months, and the company would start capital investment into the program this year. Now the company has open positions posted in new programs and engineering for mechanical design engineers at multiple levels. The job description says the new program's engineering design engineer is responsible for designing, developing, and delivering prototype level components and systems for the Tesla Model Y program, as well as future Tesla product programs. The job is based in Hawthorne, where Tesla's design studio is located. So looks like they may be on schedule for that.
All right, our tip of the week comes from Mr. Musk himself. Someone uh, tweeted a couple of weeks ago, put the kids in the rear of my in-laws Tesla S and went for a 20-minute drive. Air was set as cold as possible, but the kids were dehydrated and drenched in sweat after the drive. Turns out there's no air circulation back there. Elon Musk, any ideas? Love the car, but that's dangerous. Elon responds, if there's anyone in the third row, turn off air recirculation. Third row cooling happens by air entering from the front and exiting through the vents in the rear bumper. Wow, that's interesting. So if you uh, have the rear-facing third row seats for the kids, um, turn off air recirculation and hopefully they'll stay cooler. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, Probably we'll be doing next week's show live from Seattle. My uh, buddy Justin takes delivery on uh, Saturday of his new Model X. And a couple of things. One is, of course, I want to be there because I want to see it. And uh, I'd like to see, you know, mine's almost three years old now. So I'd like to see how the delivery process has changed, if at all. And uh, who am I kidding? I want to ride around his Model X all weekend. So anyway, I, I thought it'd be fun to go through the process of delivery for those of you who have one ordered uh, to kind of know what to expect and the surprises and things that are different from a traditional uh, new car with Justin. So we'll get his comments next week. Maybe he, uh, maybe I'll have him uh, co-host the show with me. That'll be fun. Anyway, be sure you subscribe on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And we've always got uh, show notes for anything we talk about. Oh, if you want to see the Elon Musk video from South by, I'll have a link posted at plugyourride.com. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Plug Your Ride. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.